Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of our Wednesday night study entitled A Study of Prayer based on the book How to Pray by Ronnie Floyd. Since this is a discussion-based study, we have edited out the comments made by those in attendance due to the fact that they do not have a microphone. May you draw closer to God each day in your prayer life. Lesson 19, Praying for Others, How to Pray for Your Pastor. We're going to study together. Last week, for the first time in a long, long time, I made a mistake. My wife is laying over in the pew laughing. I don't know if I like that or not. No. Uh, last, week, last week, we were, we were talking about the, our theme that we've been talking about. Our heading is how to pray for others. Uh, and uh, as we were talking about that, last week's uh, perspective was praying for family. And I told you, we, were, we weren't done, that we had more. I really thought I had another page of notes, and I turned it and realized that we were almost done. We were almost at the end of praying for family and the, the discussion and the talk about that. But there was one point left over that uh, led me to believe we had much more to do. But I'm going to bring this point up. This is one of those passages we can talk about all night. But I want to cover this main point and leave it so we can move on to the next uh, theme for the night. But let me just, uh, we talked about the fact that when we pray and when we're praying for others, when we're on our knees and on our face in prayer, one of our priorities in prayer is our own family. Amen? One, that, that is a priority. And it was for Jesus. Uh, I, I love this passage. And if I get started, uh, I could talk about this passage all night. Canaanite woman came to Jesus for healing. Uh, and it's interesting the way that, that Jesus deals with her. Uh, this is in Matthew chapter 15. I'm just going to hit it and we're going to go on. Uh, to me, this is, she gave one of the greatest responses to Jesus uh, that's recorded in the Bible. Uh, but here's what Jesus said to her. So she's a Gentile. She's coming to Jesus uh, for healing, uh, actually for a daughter. Uh, and it says that as she asked Jesus about the healing... If you, if you really delve into this passage, he's dealing with her very lovingly. Uh, he's going to answer her faith. But he makes a comment to her that's, that's the one I want to make and, then, and we're going to leave it. But one of the things that Jesus says to her, this Gentile woman, a Syrophoenician woman who comes to him, he says this uh, in Matthew chapter 15, uh, verse uh, 24. Uh, as she makes her request of him, he says, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, right now, my ministry is not really directed to the Gentiles. It's directed to the house of Israel. It's, 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 it's directed to the Jews. Well, of course, you know that Jesus himself was of the house of Israel. Uh, his ministry was going to be fulfilled in ministry to all people, be Jew or Gentile, that was coming. But, but I just want to point out that as we look at the early phases and part of Jesus' ministry, uh, he was prioritizing his own family in healing. Uh, again, this is a very interesting passage. I would, in, I would encourage you to study it. Uh, but the, the one point I wanted to say to you tonight is just as we are being taught that we prioritize our family uh, and we, we pray for our, 
our spouse and our extended family and our children and our grandchildren. We bring them before the Lord in priority as family. Jesus did that as well. We see him prioritizing his family right here in Matthew chapter 15. So I want to just close that uh, praying for family with that thought that not only do we uh, do that in obedience to Scripture, but Jesus himself did it uh, within his own ministry. He made his family, the Jews, the priority of his ministry. Okay, now tonight, here's where we're going to start on another topic of how to pray for others. And uh, while I feel a a, a bit... uh, uh, funny about this, maybe even a little selfish about it. This is part of the book, and so I'm going to cover that. How to pray for your pastor. How to pray for your pastor. And of course, that uh, is expanded to four of us here, uh, as well as so many other church leaders. But how do you pray for your pastor? We've covered how to pray for the sick, how to pray for family. Tonight, how to pray for your pastor. Let's start with this. As I said Sunday morning, I hope very emphatically that every believer needs a church home. Every believer needs a home base. Uh, according to the, to the word of the Bible, there's no such thing as a, a believer who just floats around with no connection with fellow believers. The, 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 the faith is based on connection uh, and being together in ministry and in service and in worship. Uh, all of us need that connection. It's not just a name on a roll for checking attendance, but rather the, the church should be a hub of our life. You know, I love talking. There was, a, there was a little lady here when I first came, uh, and, and she described the, the church in the, back in the day, in the 20s and 30s, the church was the only place to go. There really wasn't anything to do for any type of social connection. Of course, you went out on occasion, and you got your groceries and coffee and your sugar and what you needed at home. But grocery store, you didn't run out to the grocery store like we do, you know, 15 minutes. Oh, I'll jump in the car and go get my coffee. I mean, grocery store is a big deal. Well, in, in the day, for this community, this, this place was the hub of activity. It was the hub of relationship. Uh, it was the, the center of the social world for the community. Uh, we have so many other so many other attractions now and of course because transportation is so much more readily available and we can just zip here and zip there and it doesn't take any time we've been drawn away from that but the church should still be should still be a mainstay for us it should be a part of our weekly and our normal role of life you know it shouldn't be saying well I I think I'll do something special this week I'll go to church Uh, It should be a part of our life. Now, of course, sickness comes and and vacations come, and sometimes we don't get here, but it should be a part of our ongoing life. Every church uh, needs its people, and people need the church, and every church needs prayer. And believe me, the leaders of the church need prayer. Uh, so as we begin the study tonight through the book, the, the book that I've been leading us through, if you're, if you're new with us, it's a book uh, that uh, was given to me actually. Ronnie Floyd, who is the author, he's a long, long time pastor. He's now a leader in the denomination. But the book is entitled How to Pray, Developing an Intimate Relationship with God. So if you're new with us, we've been walking through that. Uh, but he lists seven specific areas where you should pray for your pastor. And, of course, I give these to you humbly, uh, but I also identify with them and and do covet prayers uh, for for myself and for the other leaders 
the pastor leaders of the church because these are, these are on target. So seven specific areas where you should pray for your pastor. Area number one, pray for your pastor to love God with all of his heart. We should, as pastors and all of us, should fulfill Deuteronomy 6.5 that says we are going to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, all of our strength, all of our might. And Ronnie Floyd says the competition, and this is very, very true, uh, the competition for uh, the pastor's attention and heart is very fierce. Uh, the competition are, are all good things. You know, details of the church's ministry uh, compete all the time. Uh, counseling needs, visiting needs, family needs, study needs. Uh, you know, someone once told me, and uh, this was within a sem- seminary setting, that sermon preparation is very important. But you can't use sermon preparation for your devotions. For a pastor, that makes sense. Because sermon preparation is solid, hard work. If you go do it right, sermon preparation is hard work. Uh, when I come away, I usually spend four hours on Mondays on the next sermon. And when I come out of there, I am tired. I am ready. I usually take a walk over here and shake the webs, you know, out of my head because it's just been in the books all morning. Uh, so that can't be your devotional time. But so many things just vie for your attention. So pray for God to guard your pastor's heart that God doesn't have to compete for first place. That makes sense? You know, a lot of this just applies to us in general because all of you have things that pull for your attention. Uh, so God shouldn't have to compete for first place in my heart or in yours. So we can generalize this a bit, but this is a pastor's need, and it's, in many ways it's a, it's a need in your own life. Uh, we are to lead our family, and we are to lead our church well. Uh, and the only way you can do that is love the Lord above all. Uh, you, can't, you can't truly lead your family well unless the Lord is in the first place. Uh, That is just absolutely the truth. And again, that is for all of us because all of us can get mired up in the details of life and and lose our way. And pastors can do that as well. So there's one. Pray for your pastor to love God with all of his heart. Number two, pray for your pastor to walk daily with God. Uh, Because the pastor's time, again, this applies to us all, the pastor's time with God will have a huge bearing on preaching, it will have a bearing on his leadership and on his impact with his family. So pray for your pastor to walk closely and daily with God. He needs that nourishment. And uh, I, I say that on, in the first person. I need that nourishment of walking with God uh, so that I can walk with you as a pastor. Pastor Tom, that's true for you, true for all of us. All right, number three. Pray for your pastor's marriage and family. Uh, I don't know why this happens. Sometimes uh, in my seminary experience, uh, and I think Gwen can uh, agree with us because Gwen and I met in seminary, so she was a student there as well. Uh, The young couples who were in seminary uh, were under a lot of pressure because seminary is hard. Seminary demands a lot of your time, and so... If the spouse is not 100% in to a, a husband who is studying uh, 12 to 15 hours a day, it can be hard on that marriage. And in fact, 
there were several marriages in seminary in the three years that I was there that were lost. Uh, a wife just couldn't do it. Uh, or, or the husband was so neglecting. I'm not, I'm not blaming her. Always. He, he was so neglecting of her that, it, that their marriage just fell apart. I know of at least two or three that I can recall from almost 40 years ago of that happening, even in, in seminary. You wouldn't you'd say, really? In yes, indeed. Uh, it happened there. Pray for your pastor's marriage and family. If a pastor is going to lead the church well, it begins in his home. Uh, you, you can't lead a church if your home life is falling apart. It just absolutely cannot happen. Uh, pray for your pastor's wife, for goodness sake. She, she needs it. <laughs> she needs prayer as well. And I've, I've, I've said this, uh, you know, when uh, Derek Kaiser, actually this coming Saturday, is going to go before an ordination council of associational pastors and leaders uh, who will make a recommendation to Clifford Baptist Church about his ordination as an evangelist. And as Derek and I talked about that, uh, one of the things that I said is, Derek, you know uh, not only has God called you to this calling and to this ministry, but if he's called you, he has also called Christy. There's no way that he would call you alone and leave her out of it. Uh, and that is certainly true for Gwen. If he, he called me in the ministry... He called Gwen into ministry too. First uh, Timothy chapter three verses four and five. Uh, this this describes a pastor. The, the the King James version calls him a bishop. Same same uh, calling pastor. Uh, but if you look at verses four and five, it says this in First Timothy chapter three verses four and five, talking about the pastor, the bishop, one that ruleth well his own house having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Pray for your pastor's family. Pray for your pastor's home. Uh, it, it's very, very important. Number four, pray for your pastor to be focused on the great commission of Jesus Christ. You find that in Matthew chapter 28 as the, as the chapter closes uh, we, we see the Great Commission. It's in, in verses 19 and 20. Jesus says this, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. So we are to be leading the church in the Great Commission. We are to be challenging the church. Not We are to be introspective. And we are to take care of one another. And we are to make sure that everyone within the church is, is doing well. But we, we don't just concentrate there and stop. We do take care of the body of Christ. But then we also have to have eyes and lives that are willing to look and travel outward to reach a world that is lost and dying and hell-bound. We, we can't just look at ourselves and say, thank you, Lord, for our little team. But we have to say, Lord, help us get the good news out into the world. Uh, help us to remind people that there's a place for them here. Uh, so the, the pastor is never called to lead the church to tread water or to just simply take care of ourselves. We're called to reach the lost and to disciple the saved. So pray for your pastors to lead the church to keep our eyes 
outward. Yes, we're to look inward, but we can't, we can't neglect looking outward to the lost. Uh, and certainly, as we do that, we know that the Lord is going to bless us and take us where we need to be as his church to reach those who need the Lord Jesus Christ. Number five, pray for your pastor to preach the word with power. If, if I, I, I ask you, I ask you, pray that. Uh, and, and let me tell you one of the reasons that I say that. Uh, you're going to learn more about this as time goes on. But I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, for those of you who know nothing about this, I'm going to knock your socks off here in just a moment. We have, a, we have a, a, a church member, in fact a couple, Jeff and Paula Thompson, who sits right in here. Uh, he is a guru in media. Uh, his work in his life had been running a, a media service that, like a major company that sold, let's just say it sold pillows. Uh, and, and he would take media outlets like Facebook and YouTube or wherever and, and would connect what they're selling with niche groups that would want to buy what they're selling. Does that make sense? So he would, he would be like a, a, an arrow shooter that would, would send the message to groups that wanted that product. Well, he's retired now. He sold his company. And he said, let's do that for Clifford Baptist Church. And so at this moment, beginning at the 1st of September, he has been targeting the message of Jesus Christ to at least six or eight foreign countries as well as troubled cities and uh, first responders across the United States. Uh, it's amazing where he's targeting the message of Jesus Christ. Now, now here's where I'm going to just gives me cold chills to even think I'm going to tell you this. He, he said when we sat down at the table and, and said, okay, how do we do this? And, and he was explaining the process. He said, my goal, my big audacious goal is that Clifford Baptist Church in the first year will have a million hits. And maybe up to a tenth of those hits will become followers liking the ministry through Facebook. This is totally Facebook. At the end of September, one month in, we will have reached the one million hit goal. We have over 900 followers that's joined us since the 1st of September. And Jeff says, in all probability, in one year now that he sees what the role of one month, in one year, it is highly probable we will have 10 million hits at Clifford Baptist Church's ministry and maybe, maybe 10,000 followers in a year. It's just phenomenal. Pray for power. Whoever's filling that pulpit, the message is going to the world as well as to our community. Now, this is our first fruits. This is our Jerusalem. It has to come here. I'm not saying let's look at the world, forget about our community. Not that at all. This is our Jerusalem. Our, our counties here, we, we have to minister here. But just it's amazing what God is doing. Pray for power in that pulpit, whoever's standing there, for God's word to be preached truly and powerfully. Preaching is not public speaking. It is not a prepared speech. Uh, that's true. I study, and, and, and I'm prepared when I come to the pulpit. But I, I can't tell you how every Sunday I feel the Lord's hand on my shoulder and, 
And, and, and I follow the notes, but it's, it's, it's following like this. It's, it's just in and out of what God is directing. Mary? Pulpit, that's number five. Pray for number six. Pray for God to lead your pastor in decision-making for the church. I can tell you, I, don't, I think you already know this, but the year 2020 was hard on us all. It was the hardest year that many of us have lived through. And I can also tell you it was one of the hardest years of decision-making for the church. It was the hardest year of decision-making for the church out of nearly 40. That was the hardest phase. of. It's not over yet, but it's easier now than it was in 2020. Decision-making was difficult uh, as we navigated COVID-19 and the, and the pandemic in its earliest phases and uh, when it was uh, hardest hitting us. Uh, and and I, it was just a hard decision time because true, I, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. No decision pleased everybody. It's just that simple. Not one decision pleased everybody. And it was a really hard phase. Pray for your pastor to make godly decisions, uh, to lead the church in a godly way. Um, we, wanna, we want to be kept on our knees before him. Uh, certainly, we, we want to follow his leading. Seventh, pray for your pastor to finish well. Pray for your pastor to finish well. Pray that he remains strong with the Lord. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a sad thing when a job falls apart before we get to the finish line. So pray for your pastors uh, to do their job, to do it well, and to carry through however long God gives them to do that job for him. Pray for your pastor to finish well. Let me close tonight with this. I, I want to share with you a screenshot that I have on my phone. I carry it with me all the time. Uh, I found this in written form, and I just took a screenshot of it, and uh, I've referred to it quite often, but I'm reminded how pastors need to depend on the Lord in all things. Uh, here's what this article says in, in just little short snippets uh, about pastors. Pray for your pastor because 70% of pastors battle depression. 1,500 pastors quit every month. 80% of pastors feel discouraged constantly. Now, I'm in the 20%. But I think, and this speaks for all of us, 100% of us feel discouraged from time to time. That's part of life. But how sad that 80% feel discouraged constantly. 78% of pastors have no close friends. Well, that's absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm in the 22% that I've got more friends than I can shake a stick at. Praise the Lord. 90% <laughs> uh, of pastors work oh, 55 to 75 hours per week. Uh, and, now, and, and here's the, the last one. Uh, out of all the men who begin their career as pastor, only 10% retire as a pastor. 90% stop somewhere along the way. So pray for your pastors. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, you know, Hebrews says that we will give an account. Those who led will give an account. Uh, so thank you 
we do covet your prayers. And, and we, we need to pray for one another. Pastors and uh, all of us alike, we need to pray for one another. Well, look. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you will join us on our next podcast.